You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. I want to open up by just reading this text to you, and then I will jump into it. It's found in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and it says this, starting in verse 35. As evening, as evening, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a pillow, on a cushion. The disciples woke up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. You guys, today we are continuing our series on focus. And last week we talked about focus when it comes to the, um, the physical and how Jesus when he was in a storm, in a missile storm, just like everyone else, because he was focused on his mission, he was, able to be, he was able to rest. And then he got up and he calmed the storm. He handled his business. This week, we're going to look at the emotional side. Because I want you guys to realize this. When you're going through a storm, there's always three parts of the storm that you as a human being is facing. Because we have to realize that we are human beings. Therefore, we live in the body, we possess a soul, and we have a spirit. We are a spirit. Body, spirit, soul. And for those three parts, our body is our physical part, right? Where we get to touch things. We get our five senses, right? Our, our sense, I mean, I see, thin, I mean, touch, smell, all those five senses. I can't think of the five senses, but you know what it is, right? Uh, then our soul uh, is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's where we think. That's where we rationalize. That's where we have all these feelings going on that's going on crazy inside of us, right? And then our spirit that's the part that connects with the spirit realm. That's where, by our spirit, God is real in us, that we can contact and communicate with him. We can receive him. We can fellowship with him. It's all through our spirit. Now, this week, as we look at this whole being emotional, I thought I would show you guys a picture of what being emotional looks like. And if you'll bear with me, I'm going to show you this picture, right? This picture right here, this is a picture of my daughter, Ella. And you can just keep it up there for a couple seconds. I want to give you a backdrop. We had just entered the quarantine season. Everybody, school had ended. It, maybe we were a month into it. And Ella started off fine. But being an extrovert that she is, she needed people. And it came a point where she just had an emotional breakdown. And she said, I was, I'm done with it. I don't know if those were her exact words. But she was done with it. So she just put a blanket over her face. And she was yelling. And she just laid out on the floor and said, oh! You guys, you can move the picture. Thank you. We all deal with the same thing. We all have those moments where we have that emotional breakdown. We do. I hate to say it. I, even I, the calm, cool, collective, good-looking young man that I am, I've had moments of my emotional breakdown. And let me tell you why. Um, I'm usually very calm, right? Crazy stuff going on, storms going on. I'm usually able to stay focused on the go. I'm reminded of a time when my daughter was first born. We're in the hospital, and I'm there with my wife. Before we go to the hospital... <laughs> Before we get to the hospital, my wife's like, okay, I think it's time to go to the, deliver the baby. So I was like, okay, this is a great time for me to organize my drawers, 
I mean, my, my drawer. So I'm organizing my sock drawer. She's out there. She's complaining. I mean, she's having a baby. That's no big deal. Toughen up, buttercup, right? But she's having a baby, and I'm sitting there organizing the sock drawer. And she finally says, it's time to go. So I said, okay. I finished ordering the socks door. <laughs> we went to the hospital. We get to the hospital. She's in labor. Oh, God, she was in labor for a long time. I'm watching the football game. I'm watching the Detroit Lions lose like normally. It was a Sunday, matter of fact, uh, November 1st. We're watching the game. And then all of a sudden it was time for Ella to come. And she's pushing, you know, doing what the strong women do. I have no idea, and I like to make fun of it, but if I, I don't want to get punched right now. So she's pushing and she's trying to deliver this baby. And in the middle of it, unbeknownst to us, we find out later that Ella gets stuck, right? And as she gets stuck, as my wife's pushing her out, she's like, I ain't got no more energy. I got nothing left to give. The doctors, all these doctors and surgeons just scramble in the room. And while this is going on, I know something clicked in my head. I need to keep calm because if I freak out, my wife's going to freak out. And you know that when I freak out and she freak out, it's going to be an ugly storm. And that's not going to help any situations. But we were able to st- I was able to stay calm. So they handled their business. They got a suction cup, pumped my wife, my daughter out. She came out looking like an alien with, with squinty eyes. And the first thing I said was, whose daughter is this? This is not my daughter, right? Put her back in. I want a, a black baby, not this Asian baby. But that's neither here nor there, right? So they get her out after all this uh, craziness, right? Then there's another moment of panic, which, again, I had to check myself because she wasn't breathing because she had been stuck. And so they take her again, a whole bunch of doctors just running around. And they take her and they put her there and they try to pump to get breath so they because they want to hear her cry. And they don't get it for a couple minutes. And my wife was looking at me. And I'm looking at her, not letting her know because, you know, they got the hose curtain up and she can't really see because I'm not letting her know what's, what's really going on. Because for some reason, I was able to trust the doctors and trust my God that my daughter was going to be okay. Now, on the flip side, because that's somebody who I care deeply about. That's my daughter. Don't you mess with my daughter. I might, I may kirk out on somebody. But on the flip side, there was another situation um, where somebody who was very close to me, very near and dear, was my mom. And if you know me, I'm not a mama's boy at all. Uh, I'm actually the opposite because I'm uh, the oldest of the last three, and there's six of us, so oldest of the last three, which means I'm the fourth one. For some reason, I just, I'm just not a mama's boy. And so I'm not as close to my mom as some people are. And during this time, I found out while my father was locked up. I'm giving you a little insight on my. Is that okay if I give you a little insight on, on who my family is? All right, so my father was locked up in jail for doing whatever he does, uh, whatever he did. He's no longer in there. Thank you, God. Um, and while he was in there, my mother was being abused. Let me tell you, God, I would love to say that being a good Christian man, I handle it with ease and calm, you know. She's being abused. Well, let's just get her out of this situation. Um, let's get her into a safer place. Um, everything will be fine. Oh, heck to the no. When I say I was here and I found out the news, we prayed. And I went to God. I tried to focus on God. But we prayed and I'm crying and all that good stuff. Then I get on the phone later that night with all six. Now, there's six boys. I'm going to say this and just hear this out. I was, I'm a black man. I was born a Negro. I'm not going to say the other way. I was born a Negro. I was born in the hood. So I got some hood tendencies, right? So when we found out that our mom was abused, was being abused, those hood tendencies clicked right back in. So we were on the phone with her, and we're trying to tell her, 
Listen, Mom, um, we're all adults. We have our own family, but you are a mother. And this, again, I'm not a great relationship with my mom. I have an okay relationship with my mom, but I'm not a mama's boy. But we're on the phone with her trying to convince her to leave the situation. And as we're on the phone with her, she just, it wasn't clicking in her mind. But, but since we are so focused on that storm, because of what was handling her, I lost control of my emotions. I lost control of all sense. And I finally had to tell her, I'm not going to say the exact words, but I'm going to say it for you guys and, and some, some pleasantries to you. Basically, mom, if I have to come down there and choke and kill a nigga, excuse me, a Negro, I have to, I would do what I have to do because you're my mom. Understand, I was on the verge of completely losing it. This was my mother. And I was so focused on that storm and getting her out of that storm and removing her from the situation, I knew that I could possibly ruin my life by going down there and killing someone because they put their hands on my mom. There's no, it's no difference between me, my storm and your storm, really. We often lose control when we focus so much in on the storm that is in front of us, right? Because compared to two, my daughter was in harm's way, but I knew and I trusted for some reason. I don't know why, but I knew and trusted the doctors and, and my God that he would get us through. But on this other situation with my mom, I, didn't, I couldn't take my mind off of the fact that she was being abused or being harmed, that I could remove myself from the situation and say, God, you got control of this. Today, we're looking at the emotional side. Because what I know is true is that sometimes we lose control. If you don't believe me, I want you to look at jails, prisons. There is filled with men and women who lost control. In a moment's notice, they said, I can't take it. Put your dukes up. Put them on. Put them up. Okay, I'm sorry. They just lost control in that moment's notice. And God was like, look, you guys, I know it's hard because of all that's going on for you to keep your moment, your, your emotions intact. But I can help you get through this. I can help you to silence everything else so that you can keep calm. Because if we don't know anything, we know this, that our brain, the more we think about stuff, the more we focus in on stuff, the more our emotions get tied up with it. I'll give you another example. <sighs> pastor Jody, my loving pastor, I love him, by the way. He texted me today to tell me you're going to do a great job. And he said he appreciate the message. And he also told me not to listen to Kanitha. Um, which she usually tells us not to, to mess up. So we're not going to listen to Kanitha. So, but my pastor, when all this was going on, um, with, uh, it was another report of a, a young black man who had died at the hands of an officer. Um, he reached out to me and said, hey, I want to find out and talk to you and get your perspective on this matter. Now, for me, that's a tough place, a tough thing to talk about. And I'll tell you why. The reason... I know it's a tough thing to talk about for me personally. I, I'm not speaking for anyone else. It's because there's so much emotions that's tied in with that subject. And I know that if I start to think more about those things, it will start to, it will, I will ruminate it. I'll meditate in it up here. It will start to affect me down here. And when it starts to affect me down here, it's going to affect me on the outside where I'm going to start to look at everyone else in that same light. You guys, make sure I'm making this clear. The more I thought about all the violence and horror that was going on, and I know people have different point of views from this, but for me, the more I looked at it, the more things got, became available for me to see. 
to look at the history of what has happened in America and how it was founded by certain with certain pillars and certain things were allowed where black men and black women were not even considered human. Right. And the more I thought about these things, it just took me to a dark place. It makes you want to go straight off the deep end. It makes you want to go. Let me breathe. It makes you go to an ugly place. Now, I'm not saying that these things are not happening. I'm not saying that these things are right. I'm not saying that these things don't need to be corrected. What I'm saying is for me, when I go there, it's an ugly place. And I don't work in an all-black environment. I'm talking to you right now. Most of you guys that are listening online are not black. Where I work is what I was raised in. My, my grandmother's white. My, fa- my grandfather was black. They dealt with these things growing up. And they made a choice to not raise their kids or their grandkids to focus in on those things. But focus on the heart of the matter, that God loves every individual. Look past the racism and look to the heart of individual. And that's what I have to focus on. So when Pastor Jody made that call, he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about that. First thing I had to tell him was, I don't like having these discussions. And I'm just being honest. Some people can handle it better. But for me, I don't want to go to that dark place. Because I don't want to view my pastor, my shepherd, Someone who I allowed to speak it to my life, who God placed me here in a different light. I know he loves me, and I refuse to let the enemy creep in to destroy that love. So how do we deal with this? How do we deal with the storm when Jesus was able to, to sleep and be calm and have peace and patience within the midst of the storm, and whereas the disciples were freaking out while they're on this boat? There's something that Jesus gave us a little divine insight. And I love Pastor Chris Hodges down in Alabama. He gave us a little insight in this. Like he felt like God had given them this word. And I'm going to pass this word right along to you. So it's found, in, uh, he, he, it's found in Matthew chapter 7. And it says this. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 it says this. Anyone who's lis- who listens to my teaching and follow it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in a and torrent, and the floodwaters rise, and the wind beats against the house, it won't collapse, because it's built on a bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come, and the wind beats against it, the house, against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You guys, in order for us to really capture this, we need to understand that we are the house, Right? And in order for us to really get our emotions in check, we're going to need to do certain things. And if you know anything about building a house, when you build a house, the most important thing that you can do for any house is build that foundation. Dig down in the ground, lay that bedrock so that whatever you build on it is going to stand. And then after that, you got to put the structure in, right? You put the, the, the two by fours, you put the, the plumbing, the pipes, the electricity, the, for us, indoor air condition. Hallelujah, this is Georgia. <laughs> All right? You put the indoor air conditioner. You put all those that structural, so it's structurally sound things in there. And then after that, you can do the beauty part. The beauty part, you know, I usually leave that up to my wife because, <laughs> listen, I, I want things a certain way, and I like things neat and in order. But I don't care what color it is because I wear all colors. Shoot, I look good in color. You get what I'm saying? So <laughs> I don't mind what color it is, but that's the beauty stuff is for my wife. 
And what she's usually going to do, she's going to pick out the backsplash. She's going to pick out the color of the tile, the paint color. And she always comes to me, baby, what do you think? It's whatever you want, woman. Happy wife, happy life. I believe that to the full. I don't care. But I can't say I don't care. I mean, I'm more interested in what you think than what I think. All right? So here's the three things we need to look at. We need to look at the foundation. We need to look at the structure. And we need to look at the beauty. Right? Again, in this verse, Jesus said that if you build this house on this farm foundation, when the storms come, you won't fall. That's the gist of it. So, build the foundation. We need to lay the foundation of relationship. If you're taking notes, point number one is lay the foundation of relationship, relationships and connectedness. Ephesians 6, I mean 4, 16, NIV says this. From him, the whole body, joined together, hold together by every part, supporting ligament, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its own work. All right? We need to build a foundation of relationship and connectedness. What this means is you, you can't get through the storm alone. That's the first part, right? We are in this together. If you know what the enemy does when he's attacking, he likes to single people out, single things out, single individuals out so that he can attack because he knows that you're most vulnerable when you're alone. And I've seen this time and time again. I've seen this time and time again. I can't tell you how many people that I went to church with back in Maryland that decided to single themselves out from the crowd because the church was not doing what it needs to do. So they singled themselves out. And what happens? They start going a slippery slope. And my own family start going down a slippery slope. Because when it's only you and you're left to your own devices and you're thinking about your own things, your emotions get tied up, you're going a slippery slope. You don't believe me. How many times have you heard something that you thought was going to affect you and it never affected you, but you spent all your time and energy thinking about it, right? How, how much time and energy did you think about what could possibly might even happen to you and you didn't talk to anyone else about it? It was just in your mind, but it never came and happened. That's the energy that happens. That's when, when the enemy does, he, he puts us alone. He gets alone by ourselves. So that we can easily be attacked. So that we, we're only thinking about what we think about. And no one else is around us. And so we have no one else to bounce ideas off of. And then he gots us. He gots us. I'm going to say it. He gots us. Yes, he gots us. That's, you can't get through this alone. Other thing about this is, it all starts with our relationship with God. I'm going to say that clear. You need to be connected and in relationship with God. That's the voice that you need to listen to. No matter what else. If, if you're talking to someone and they're giving you advice, if it doesn't have to do with the, what the Bible says, it's not even relevant, really. hate to tell you that. But God's word, it's powerful. It's alive, right? So if you build a relationship with God, he will speak to you too. And he will confirm it through other people. So build your relationship with God. Have that be your firm foundation. But notice that God also said that we need others. And that's why... Um, I'll say this, that not all relationships are created equal. You can't expect to get through your storms emotionally. And let me make sure I say this correctly. There are some people in your life that's not going to pull you back from the edge, right? When you get up to that edge, there's some people in your life that's going to push you over. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, those are your ride or die, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. <laughs> those are those people that you call, you know, some 
to pop off. I'm using terminology, but I'm hoping you understand what I'm saying. When things are about to pop off, you're calling them, right? In my culture, I'm calling Pookie. I'm calling Ray Ray. I'm calling, uh, I'm calling my peoples, right? I'm like, look, this is about to go on. For me and my family, I'm calling Aaron because I know Aaron is crazy. He about, in a, at a drop of a hat, he's going to knock somebody off. That's one thing I knew. So anytime something's about to pop off, I'm calling Aaron. I got him on my speed dial like, hey, this is about to happen. I need somebody to jump into the scene. That's those people you don't need to build your relationships with. You can be friends with them. But if you're trying to get through a storm, you're trying to get somebody to talk you down from the edge, from the ledge, you need people who's going to give you sound wisdom. That's going to tell you this is not how God will handle that. Yes, that person hurts your feelings. Yes, that person is not right. But your God says you're supposed to love your enemy. How are you supposed to people, people, treat those who despise you? Someone smacks you in the cheek? You're supposed to turn another cheek. Just saying. You don't need those people. And then finally, this is why small groups are a key. I'm going to wipe off my sweat. I feel like a, a preacher now. <laughs> okay. This is why small groups are such a key. And I know this season is very difficult to be in small groups. But in order to be connected with Godly, with God and his people, you're going to need to be in more than just coming to church on Sunday. You're going to need to be in a small group. And maybe this season, you have to rethink it. Maybe this season, you're not meeting from house to house because some of us don't feel comfortable coming into your house. Right? Maybe this season, you have a small group for Hey, I like to play basketball. You like to play basketball. Let's go outside and play basketball together. You throw, you throw in a little bit of a Jesus in there. Give a little Jesus juke. Hey, Jesus loves you. All right, you here? Sweet. Can I pray for you anything? All right, let's ball. Maybe this season, you take them on. You, you, you are a part of a group that goes on for an outdoor jog. Mr. Joey does that. I'm not going for an outdoor jog with a bunch of guys. I can barely breathe when I jog by myself, not along with a whole bunch of other people, right? But that's you. You need to find particular groups, specific groups that is for you, right? Maybe it's okay during the season to do a FaceTime group. I know some, some moms out there, some dads out there would love to be in a group of people that they're saying, hey, I'm going to homeschool my kids during this season, and I want to talk to other people about this because my kids are not okay. They're crazy. And by the time my spouse get home, I'm about to kill every last one of them. You need a support group. Listen. We need to rethink this. It's not just about being connected with people over the Bible. The Bible translates from just being about God's word into our life. And we need to, for this time, this season, we definitely need to be in groups that's going to help this word get translated to our life. Just saying. The foundation is connectedness and relationship. Then I need you to build the structure, right? That's the backbones. As the song, the song goes, a house won't fall if the bones are good. So this is the backbone, the structure. That's a country song, if you didn't know that. Yes, I'm, I, I like country. What you going to do? All right. So the backbone is, the structure is of purpose and routine. It says this. In the King James Version of Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In the NIV Version, it says, where there is no revelation, People cast off strength, but blesses the one who heeds wisdom and instructions, right? The purpose, the purpose is to keep me focused. If we're looking at the backbones, it's a structure. We need to have purpose and routine. The purpose is to keep me, keep me focused because what we need to know is, is that my emotions can take me anywhere 
off of the map. But if I understand the vision that God has given me for this group of people, then I'm a, it's going to keep me focused on loving this group of people. It's going to keep me focused on um, treating these people how I will want to be treated, right? When you understand your purpose in life and how God has called you to reach all people, as Paul said, I go throughout the world, I become all things to all men that I may win a few you understand your purpose in life, then you're not going to allow what people say about you, what people do to you, affect you emotionally. Somehow you're able to say, you know what? I'm going to brush it off. I'm going to brush it off. I'm going to let this slide. This is easier said than done. Understanding your purpose. I'll give you a little insight. Me and my wife often uh, get in disagreements. Not often, but when we get in disagreements, I'm the emotional one. And I usually try to get her back by not talking to her at all. I feel like if I don't talk to her, she's going to get upset. But it never works. Never works. She keeps talking to me. Like, I feel like if I just shut her out and she, I'm like, look, I'm going to give her the death stare and not say anything at all. And she asks you, how you doing? You just nod your head. Mm-hmm. It never works, you guys. When I say it's, it's hard, but... What I do realize is that my purpose is to love my wife unconditionally. That even when we get in this disagreement and I'm wrong, this, I'm not even talking about her wrong, but when I'm wrong, I understand my purpose is to love her unconditionally. So I have to check and put my emotion line. It may take me a day or two, but I eventually make that switch and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I love you. No matter what happens between us, no matter what disagreement we come in, my purpose is to love you because God gave you me. God gave you me. That's my purpose. And the routine. I understand, I understand that routine is a big deal. I see successful people, and I wonder how often that these successful people become so successful. Well, they wake up, and they have a routine where they, some of them, they look themselves in the mirror, and they say, you know what? I'm important. I'm smart. I'm educated. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that the joy of the Lord will be my strength. They have a routine where they, on a regular basis, they get up. They tell themselves. They look themselves in the mirror and say, you are successful. You can do this. Don't let the weapons that the enemy throw at you come in the way, right? They tell themselves, maybe you need to build a routine of telling yourself this. That wasn't, that wasn't true of my life for a long period of time. I would wake up and tell myself, I'm stupid, right? And so I believed that lie of the enemy for a long period of time. And I had to start switching that and, and re, um, the word I'm looking for, I had to recalibrate my brain and say, hey, you can't do this. You are smart. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, what God has created you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You need to get in the routine of telling yourself that. But then also get in the routine of getting, seeking God's face. Get in that routine. Because when you're plugged into the power source and when you hear from God, all other things won't even matter. When you get a word from God and you get into that routine where I'm daily seeking God's face and I'm hearing from God and I know what he has called me to do, those things won't even matter. And finally, number three is we want to install the beauty of trust and self-confidence. It says this in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the path to take. We need to install the beauty of trust and confidence. You guys, I can't tell you how important it is to trust God during this season. Because if you're like me, maybe you want to know how this is going to handle, how this is going to pan out. 
but we can't control it. We don't know when the end is going to come. I'm, I, when, the, when the pandemic first started, and we're just looking at the pandemic, I was certain that this was only going to last for like a month or a half. I could have been just like the rest of those idiots, right? Thinking that it, this is almost done. But what I learned is, I'm not in control of it. You are not in control of it. We are not in control of what's happening in the world. We are not in control of what pandemic happens, what virus breaks out, how people treat other people. What we are in control of is ourselves. And so, Pastor Chris Hodges says it this way. He said, I'm, I don't try to control the things I can't control. I do control what I can. I'm going to say that again. I don't try to control the things I can't control. I can't control how my son is going to behave to something. I can't control how my neighbors is going to react if I say hello. I can't control how my boss is going to treat me. Is he going to give me a raise or not? Pastor Peter, I'm talking to you. I can't control what's going on in the world if, uh, uh, if I get pulled over by, by a police officer. Will this police officer treat me the right way or not? But what I can control, it's me. I can't control my actions. I can't control how I treat other people. I can't control my emotions. I can put those in check. Right? So I'm not going to control what I can't control. I am going to control what I can. And then, finally, I'm going to say this. More than anything else, we need to understand that we are emotional beings. I know men, was, we were raised not to have emotions. You be strong, you be stern, but we're all emotional. And when we listen to things, when we hear things, when we see things, it affects us eternally. But if we're going to really get through the storm, we're going to need to do these things. We're going to need to lay our foundation. We're going to need to have that foundation where we have a relationship and connectedness with God and his people. We're going to need to build the structure of purpose and routine in our life what helps us get regrounded and retooled with God. And we're going to need to trust, have that beauty of trust and self-confidence to know that God is in control, right? I'm going to trust God no matter what happens. The outcome looks like I'm going to trust God. So if you're here today, and I want you to hear this, if you're watching online, I want you to understand this, that God loves you and he knows what you're dealing with. He knows that the world is going crazy, that you have a lot of emotions going on. You're angry, you're sad, you're upset, you're disappointed, you're all these different things. And he want to help you, help you through this season. That's why he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. Because he knows that if you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you allow his spirit to live inside of you, then he can begin to speak, direct you to where you're supposed to go. That's why we as believers, we often try to hear his voice and follow his guidance. It may take us to places that we never thought we would go. But as my, my daddy used to tell me, if you don't do what God has called you to do, you'll never be satisfied. And so when we go to those places, we're satisfied in the Lord. So if you're following along and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Will you pray with me? Let's go ahead. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Pray this with me. Dear God, I thank you for your son. I thank you for sending Jesus here to earth to die for me. I pray and ask you right now, Lord, to show me which way to go. 
that I may be the light to everyone I come in contact with because I have a relationship with you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and help me to live more like you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you did that, if you said that prayer, I want to give you a big high five, a hand clap. High five in the air. Sweet, sweet baby rays, all that good stuff. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you this. Ooh, I need my notes because I got to remember this. I want to make sure. Ooh, ooh, right here. I got it right here. If you prayed that prayer, I, I want you to know this, that there are people online right now on our live prayer chat. You can go ahead and click that button and they will pray with and for you. Um, our pastors are there, our staff members, other people, our volunteers that are there. They want to pray for you. And more importantly, I want you to connect with us. Let us know that you pray that prayer. Um, let us know because we want to send something so to help you along this journey. You're not in this alone. You are not in this alone. In just a season, we're going to start small groups up, and you'll have an opportunity to get plugged into a small group, which is going to help you even farther along your walk because we know that everything that's going around us is trying to drive us away from Christ. And we want to help you to drive farther, closer to him. Because in the end, we win. And so, I want to say this as well. I, I want to um, tell you guys, don't forget to join us this Wednesday night online at live.cornerstone.com. Um, we're, our chat will open up at 6.30. Worship will begin at 7. So invite your friends, your co-workers um, to come join us. It's going to be another amazing time where we play this message for them to hear. All right? And let me pray this out to you guys as it's found in... Uh, the book of something, something else in some chapter. What it says this, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May you, he show you his favor and give you his peace. I want you guys to have a great rest of your week. Have a great day. See you guys next time. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.